0: Let's get chilly. Hello, hello. Welcome to Let's Chill, the official, unofficial Minnesota Windchill, Minnesota Ultimate Frisbee Podcast. I am Jeff, and with me we've got Jay and Kane. Kind of speeding up the intro process tonight because we've got we've got some good topics to talk about. So let's just roll into it. Um before we hit our stall seven, just got a couple of little things. Um First, we want to announce a big giveaway announcement. Congrats to Chris K, uh, who entered to win two free windchill tickets. So they he got two golden tickets, good for any windchill game in the 2023 season. Um, it was big. He was he was the winner. So we definitely encourage you guys to follow us on Insta and and Twitter and Facebook and all that. Sign up on our website. That's WindchillTalk.com. We've got lots of great giveaways coming, more ticket giveaways. we got some disc giveaways in the future. Uh, We're your source for everything, Ultimate. So follow us, stay up to date, um, and win some stuff along the way. Uh, All right, stall seven.
1: Yeah, so my question for today is directed at both of you. So you both have to answer because there's two right answers, All right? Bring it on. So, the AUDL was founded in 2012. Last year, we celebrated 10 years of the AUDL being in existence. There are two teams in the Central Division that have been established since 2012. Jay and Jeff, can you both name one of those teams, please?
0: Okay, I can get
2: one, I I think. Uh, I think the mechanics. All
1: right. Yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> They're day one. All right, well, Jay? All
2: right, I, the I knew the mechanics, Um. so I know... I know it's not the Union. I'm going to go with the Radicals.
1: No, I was surprised by that. It's actually the Indy. Seriously? Yeah, I thought it was going to be the Radicals too, but I guess not.
0: Did did you guys see the Radicals? This is going off topic a little bit. The Radicals now have an offensive coordinator. This is is the bonus. stall seven, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's going to be interesting because we can get into this later too, but it almost takes a like a more legitimized approach to the game now where they're having specific offensive and defensive coaches, which is awesome. That's
0: And like who better? I, yes, this episode, I think we're almost like jumping the gun a little bit. That's going to be part of this episode. I want to bring that up and how the central division is totally shaking up featuring my cat. You're watching on YouTube. This is my cat, Tilly. If you're listening on Spotify, check out our YouTube. Uh See my cat, ta- my cat, Tilly. Um <laughs> Okay, my stall seven. Um, I'm directing to Jay here. Jay, w- just the other day, uh, Pavel Giannis had signed a six year contract. Now, this is, this is a, actually a two part. I'll ask part one to Jay, part two to Kane. Jay, which team did he sign the six year contract to? want well, to say it was the LA Aviators. It was, yep uh Kane which Minnesota All-Star also signed a 6-year Minnesota Twins sorry sorry Minnesota Twins All-Star also signed a 6-year contract this year
1: it is Good old Carlos Correa man number 4 baby <laughs> I
0: just I I can't stop talking about it I know it's like I've talked to like the ears off of people Six year contract in the AUDL is the longest in history. That's and big. the fact yeah. And the fact that he signed it the same length of a contract with literal all-star shortstop Carlos Correa. Like right. that blows my mind. I
2: yeah. All right. Well, I have a stall seven question for Kane. Um Kane seven seconds or less. Um Brandon Mattis, very famous for many things. Uh, but one of those things is his fantastic chili recipe. What secret ingredient did Brandon Mattis thought he accidentally added to his chili?
1: Man, I saw the tweet. I, I, you kind of showed me the recipe and now I'm playing on it.
2: Um, Brown sugar. Um, no, it was actually cinnamon powder instead of cumin. Oh. But, okay,
1: the, see, the I, was, I was like the, the sweetness for the brown sugar. I thought maybe, you know, it'd be like a secret ingredient, it makes it a little bit sweeter, but...
0: Uh, That's kind of funny, because I would add literally both. Like, I would add brown sugar. I don't think I would add cinnamon on purpose, but I definitely wouldn't be upset if
1: I'm, I did. I would, I would try it, for sure.
0: But, like, he's got a specific recipe, and we gotta try that.
1: <laughs> man, if you listen to the podcast, man, we'll, we'll make it chilly sometime on the podcast, we'll eat it we'll review it live
0: all right <laughs> or he could make us chili and we'll review it live
1: yeah
0: uh, <laughs> and he can be a part of the bake sale that we're putting together for the windchill <laughs> chili bread <laughs> <laughs> i'd i'd go <laughs> okay. um mm-hmm. all right and then also of course this episode is sponsored by nobody uh i'd love to i'd love to put a name in that space pretty soon if you're uh if you're looking for a podcast, a sponsor, uh, we're just trying to break even. We're not trying to make money, but like the website costs us money. This bam, I don't know. That's kinda of, but
1: <laughs> hey, we'll go we'll go sponsored. Disc store, I know you're listening.
2: Disc store better be listening. I'll wear your t shirts. <laughs> man, if this store is listening, that that might be More honorable than them actually sponsoring us at this point. Like, Disc Store, (laughs) if you're listening, we'd love to have you on.
1: (laughs) All of Disc Store, just hop on the phone.
2: (laughs) The entity that is the store. No, yeah, I want the actual store. Like, like. There's a video
1: of a building. (laughs) just. Do they have like a brick and mortar building or are they all like.
0: I think they do. I think it was in like Kansas or something like that. Okay. Some random, like, yeah, some. Somewhere in the Heartland, right? They they got big over the last few years, so they yeah. have.
1: Yeah. All right.
0: All right. Well, I think the main topic of the night is, well, yeah, we got a couple. Tonight is going to be basically a tribute to a couple of key show players who have been part of the team for the last couple of seasons. They've been major factors on the field, both in their skills, but also I think in their leadership. um, And and those uh, there are three Um, today. The DC breeze announced the signing of Andrew Roy and Cole Jurek. Of course, that was uh, something that I think we all, we all knew it was coming and the the announcement was pretty much a formality, but uh, it was official. And then Nick vote has announced, I, I guess, technically he hasn't officially said he's he's out, but he said his future of ultimate is uncertain. And he doesn't know if he'll ever step on the field again. Um, and of course, the wind chill posted something to a little thank you. And so, yeah, that's kind of the topic of tonight.
1: Um, yeah, are, I know there's three big players. Some confusion for me personally. Is it due to his injury? He doesn't want to redo an injury? Or is he just moving on, basically?
0: Uh, sounds like, so he had, geez, and I feel kind of bad, not knowing for sure. I think he had an ACL uh, tear. Um, and it sounded like he had it twice like back-to-back seasons, like like two years in a row. Yeah. Um, and so I think part of it, the speculation is like he doesn't really want to risk a, a third one. And it's, um, from what I've heard, that injury and that surgery is just really hard to recover from anyway. Oh, Jay, you might know about that. Speaking of which, Jay might have to hop off because, once again, he's out here saving lives. He's on call at the EMT, doing much more yeah. important stuff than yeah. us.
1: Yeah. He might need to go help him, you know.
0: <laughs> Man. So – jade is it is an acl injury from your expertise as an emt like that's what that's what i've heard is that's a really hard surgery to come back from
2: um so yeah uh given a little bit of anatomy there we know that the acl you know it goes the anterior cruciate ligament ligaments don't heal very well Um, obviously obviously (laughs) uh yeah but ligaments actually just don't heal very well in general um so aside from the surgery being on the knee which is you know a a big joint in your body the biggest joint in your body um, second um but the big joint in your body joints also don't heal very well so it takes a long time to recover from and oftentimes it's extremely painful recovery and extremely uncomfortable recovery as well so
1: well i hate to see him go but i mean if it's better for his health then obviously that's a smart decision for him but i don't know it just kind of sucks he's a key player i was huge having him on the field
0: yeah, like he – all jokes aside, like I, I don't want to make the same joke again, but like in a way, he kind of was that discount bignette of like he he made a presence downfield. He was laying out – you see all these highlight videos of him, and he was grabbing every disc in the area, Um, and it was really fun to watch when we did. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things where like you can't – how do you justify playing Ultimate Frisbee if it means blowing out your leg for a third time like – no one's gonna do that, and no one should. Like Nick Vo has no justification. Like he doesn't need one, you know. Yeah. But okay. yeah, I
1: he's feel like him. that
0: that open. Oh, go ahead, Kane.
1: I said he's got infinite support from the the team and the fans. I feel like that's been huge. I just personally, I don't. I think I'd like to see him. We kind of touched on this earlier with the Pat rywise going to the Radicals as the offensive coordinator you know, maybe he could come back and take on a role similar to that. That'd be interesting. That would be but so it cool. Kinda, it kind of sucks to see him go so early.
0: I feel like his career is just getting off the ground too, you know, like he had so much more to give, but um, yeah, he, he mentioned on Twitter, like he would be interested in like, still being active in the community, and he didn't know what that meant exactly. His tweet was something. He actually mentioned, like, podcasting, so like, let's get him on the pod, but...
1: We'd love to have you on the podcast sometime, man. Come on down.
0: (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I I think he won't completely leave Ultimate, but yeah, I think he won't cleat up again, if you'd say that. Yeah. It definitely... What?
1: No, go ahead,
0: sorry. Oh, I would say it definitely opens up, like, I mean, bringing it back to the team then, like, from a very practical standpoint, like, they they need to fill a, another cutter role now.
1: I was going say, yeah, it leaves a huge hole in the offense. Yeah. Which, as we saw last season, was already struggling when he was out then, too. And, like... Which, I mean, you can see the impact he had. I feel like the last season, he wasn't playing. And our offensive efficiency went down, which... I'm saying that's a one to one correlation causation, but he plays a part clearly. So,
0: well, the, the interesting, uh, like, double whammy, I feel like, is the loss of Jurek. I feel like Jurek was a very, somehow, like, very underrated cutter. I feel like he played a huge role in ways that I, I maybe as a fan, like, I just didn't appreciate as much until I saw the highlight. Like, I feel like I didn't see it at the time but then like all oh, that Saturday night or like the Sunday morning whatever I saw the highlights like whoa he really he was right. out there. So I like that's like that's two big cutters that are not going to be on the chill anymore.
1: Right. Now personally I've always been a fan of Jurek. so 13 is my lucky number. Anyone who knows me personally knows 13 is a pretty big number for me. So I've always paid attention to him and always like admired him. And so We'll, we'll plug for the articles on the website where We're going to publish an article talking about five underrated players from the windchill, and he and Aroy were both on the list. And I thought actually I had Juric as the number one most underrated player in the windchill because he was just that good. He really just made such a an impact when he was on the field. As like you said, now he and uh, he and vote being gone just leaves this like two cutterless offense now. So. I guess kind of question is like, who do we think is going to step up to fill those roles? Like, what do we think happens this season
0: from a cutter perspective? Like I, I think PK would be like the number, like the guy to start. I think like he's got the height. I think he's got the speed and the ability to fill in as necessary. Um, I think Marty Adams, like I would, Marty Adams is a pretty defensive aligned player, but I could see him making an impact, uh, downfield. Um, we have Bevon still. Like, I think Bevon and Quinn Snyder are going to be the the pillars that hold the fort down, uh, downfield. Um, and there there are rumblings of other players who I guess I don't know for sure, and I don't even want to like bring it up a- until it's official because it might not even be a consideration. But like, there are other players in the league, um, who might might be making their way onto the windshield. and so. Mm-hmm. I, I would assume that Ben Feldman and the rest of the staff are looking for cutters. I, I think the, I think the handlers will, will be fine for the most part. Um, which I can go, I could talk about the handler strategy next, but I don't, what else do you guys have to say?
2: Um, I would, I mean like to point in, bring it back to what Kane said a little bit about how he didn't want to say Nick vote, not playing, not the best correlation causation. Um, thing in the world because you know we didn't have him last season but i i would like to almost say that can wrong about that i'd say nick vote not playing is what hurt our offense a lot um i mean just looking at nick vote stats not only was he good um you know one of the best receivers on our team when he got the disc and he wasn't in the end zone he could get it around the field as well um in 2021 i mean he had a super high completion percentage on his passes I mean, his Huck percentage rate, I mean, yes, there was only two, but he got two Hucks downfield and scored two goals on both of them. So not only could he get the disc, catch the disc, he also threw for two points as well um, while playing. So it, it is really hard for me to see Nick Oak go from a statistical point, from, you know, looking at stats and everything, because I, I do like these young guys. I do like PK, I do like, like Marty Adams, but really there is nobody on the team who was Nick vote level. Mm-hmm. Not yet, not yet. Yeah,
1: I can, can be proven wrong. Hey, new season, you got potential, but yeah, I, got it. I guess I didn't really realize that his uh hybrid capabilities, and I don't know. I think that maybe PK has to step it up. Like you said, maybe he has to kind of take charge, lead the offense a little bit more, kind of fill into that hybrid role. So, I guess yeah, if, if Feldman now has this offense, he has to restructure. I'd say the windchill have a pretty solid baseline to restructure with. Like, I don't think that the windchill is overall screwed this season. That makes sense. Losing these three players. I think it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge trying to restructure and fit the pieces together. But I think we do have the pieces there to make a a super strong playoff offense.
0: So I, like, I hate to always bring it back to the twins, but I think I can best make an analogy that way. Uh, Before we signed Carlos Correa, um, hopefully for hopefully most of our audience also follow the twins. We didn't really have a shortstop. Like yeah, we had what Kyle Farmer. Like he's just some kind of rando. Like he he can in all technical, like he can technically play shortstop. Yes, but he's not Carlos Correa, right? Like if I told you, hey, I saw Kyle Farmer today, you'd be like, great coworker. Like you you don't know who Carl Kyle Farmer is. Right. They they had the pieces who could play. And then they had these questions of who's playing third base and, you know, someone's at second, but there's like four options at second base and all the, all these things. But it really, now that they have Carlos Correa at short, they can more solidly say you are a second baseman now. And yes, you are for sure playing third base every day. Like that that piece, because Kyle Farmer, again, was like, well, can he play shortstop? And these other three guys can back him up if they need to. And there's just like a lot of moving parts. It's kind of like with the wind of like, they have the cutters. They have they have a pretty decent um, background of cutters, like you said, Kane. But there, it's gonna be s- s- a few people just need to step up. I think like like I think Quinn Snyder will be a huge part of like if he can continue his trajectory like he has in the c- past couple seasons, he'll mm-hmm. be a huge aspect of that team. Bevon, I think, again, will be a huge pillar of the the cutters in the red zone. And I think, I think the pressure is on players like PK or like a few of these other, even Will Brandt. Like, I think there's going to be just that added pressure now of like, Hey, maybe you were more of a defensive player, or more of a handler, but you're going to be in a more of a cutter role until we get a third or fourth, like solid cutter
1: down there. You know, like you, you bringing Will Brandt up actually reminds me of the interview we did with him. He said to himself he wants to see himself take more of a leadership role this year. He wants to see himself kind of fill that role. Mm-hmm. Well with A Roy gone, I mean that's That's really what I was gonna talk about. He, yeah, that's the opportunity he's looking for. So I yeah.
0: I think without putting words into his mouth, that's what he was alluding to. Uh right. I think a lot of these guys knew that A Roy and Jerich were leaving. Yeah. I think Will Brandt is more of a handler than a cutter. And so I think Brandt now has the permission. Or the opportunity to be the leader with the disc in his hand as a handler, but more of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But of course you could have been alluding to basically replacing Jurek. Right. But I see him more as a handler. Like he talked about throwing with Tony Paleto, like
1: like and, yeah.
0: and working on their hammers and stuff. Like
1: Yeah, unless say Paleto's like the, the hammer guy too, so. Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, So going more into the handler strategy now, that's a good, that's a good segue. Um, I think I predict that the handler, the handlers are set. I think we're going to have Klain and Paletto as like, oh, that's the Pepsi. Um, Klain and Paletto as like the two, the two quarterbacks pretty much. Um, And then I think Brandt will fill in kind of as that release the the dump and the swing third handler mm-hmm. um but also more of a hybrid like i think he'll be really valuable as like you're playing third handler but you have an opportunity to cut down field do it right. um and i don't really think i mean not that we don't need other handlers but like those are kind of the, the big three right am i missing anyone
1: no off the top of my head
0: no so then, with that in mind, I said Paletto, Clay, and Brand, right?
1: Yeah.
0: If we get an, a, another hand, uh, another cutter, because again, looking at let's say let's say Bevan and Clay or um, Snyder, are like your two, mm-hmm. think of all the hooks we're gonna see this year, yeah. I, like because because again, another another podcast guest I think had mentioned, um, or I had heard this somewhere else of like. Aroy's style of play is more dribbling. It's more of like the short passes and a little bit safer throws. Yep. Um, it didn't open up a lot of deep. Like he, he can huck, but he's not the guy who hucks. Yeah. But Klain and Paletto are those guys who are gonna be looking downfield.
1: Klain, Klain. grips it and rips it so much. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> definitely it definitely is fun to watch.
2: Area. Yeah.
1: I I think that
0: Brandt. Could also then again have more permission in a way. Like when I say permission, I mean like less pressure. Like he he's allowed to. Uh, the the culture of the team will allow him now to look downfield if he wants to, and make those bigger plays to look at these cutters downfield. And I think like I was gonna write an article about like how the stall five count would affect the strategy, and maybe that article will come to fruition at some point. But basically like that 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 stall five count would inflict some more pressure on the handlers so they'd be forced to look downfield more um, which would then benefit the windchill but i think i think even without the stall five in consideration i think the windchill are just designed now to do that they're going to be a huck heavy team
1: right yeah instead of having a couple handlers that move it around a lot have a couple handlers that can read the guys deep and then have your cutters then specialize in breaking the mark and getting open in the end zone. That's yeah, it's, it's a high risk, high reward uh, strategy. But like you said, I think we do have the pieces there to attack it that way.
2: You know, and interestingly, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's all that high of risk because when you have these cutters, you know, breaking deep, going down, um, you do open up, you know, their, their marks have to follow them. They can't just let them go. So you do open up a lot of that, that midfield then. So then you have all these guys who can come back and come back in. Um, and it does allow for not necessarily dribbling, you no, know, A-Roy style, um, but more of a, like a, a 10 five yard pass forward to the other handler instead of a two yard pass, you know, forward, mostly lateral to the other handler. So I do, I do think that that will open up more possibilities. This is getting like a little too specific, and it like I don't know if I am qualified to talk about
0: it. Do you think like their vert stack, and maybe uh, Jay? I don't know if you know vert stack is like a uh, it's a cutting strategy. Um, Kane, this is mo- mostly for you. Then, like, do you think like their vert stack would improve? I feel like I feel like a Roy, style of play, like the little safer throws, is designed well for a vert stack. But also, if you're cutting deep on that stack, mm. like you again you need someone to look at that. And I feel like Aroy he always does the big the big fake out and then he'll still swing anyway. So like right. Do you think that'll just come to fruition
1: more? Like they run it. I I think what we'll start seeing is more double cuts. So if we have, you know, Snyder going deep while you know PK comes in a little bit mm-hmm. and just kind of get some more continuation rather than Right. Short throw, short throw, short throw, long throw. It could be, short throw, long throw, goal. It'd be a little yeah. bit faster. So I think, honestly, if we're not wasting as much time holding the disc on offense, and we're we're putting more time into moving the disc upfield, especially with those long hucks, mm-hmm. then I could definitely see our our stack shifting a little bit to adjust for that.
0: Dang, yeah, but, that's awesome. That I could, yeah, that makes complete sense. Okay. I feel like. When they when they're moving the disc, they have a pretty smooth operation, but
1: and like and like you said, if we can, you know, get the disc up to someone like Will Brandt, you know, we go from Clean receives it, tosses it up to Brandt, get it back to Clean and then big hook. Like that's yeah. a that's an easy continuation that I can see happening a lot this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and like I guess the style of play that like again, bring back to A like. With dribbling, I think that worked. That's super effective, but everyone's got to be on board with it. And like, I think again, the Windchill's kind of hybrid offensive line of like, there's a lot of big hucks, there's a lot of big hammers, and there's a lot of short passes. Like, mm-hmm. those are three different styles of play that don't necessarily mesh well. Like, right. like you can have great on-field chemistry, but if there's that conflict, then your strategy isn't going to work as well. Whereas mm-hmm. now he's going to the breeze, where I think Tucker Hoffman said in our podcast, like, I think I think he said like. There's like four Aroys on that team now. Yeah, they're gonna like they're... they're gonna give New York a run for their money.
1: No, they really are.
0: And then that's... with Jurek down there,
1: yep, yep. I didn't want to talk about that. I am look as a DC Breeze no, fan. Let's let's talk about it. As as a DC Breeze fan, that's like kind of crazy. That because obviously, okay, obviously, windchill number one. I'm not not changing teams anytime soon here, but. I just I've always been a fan of the, of the DC Breeze. Uh, if you haven't read my article ranking the AUDL jerseys, I actually put them at number one for, you. but I'm not biased at all. I'm completely <laughs> correct. But uh, the point the point is is that like it's cool seeing the DC Breeze kind of making the adjustments they have to, to put up a fight against the Empire, which I mean it kind of sucks because what they're essentially doing is building another super team. Yeah, we might have to face Championship Weekend. But at the same time, it's just it's cool to see teams in the league are taking it seriously, making the adjustments to their rosters to handle these big threats, and that's I think that's awesome.
0: I mean, not to like be a downer, I like yes, I I am like one hundred percent on board, and I think like New York streak ends the first time they play D C or the second time, like New York isn't going undefeated this year. But yeah. I like to be fair, give give some credit, like. It's not like DC headhunted these guys, like they were right. moving out there for personal, you know, school and life and stuff. So like, like yeah, they're making the adjustments. Like they they signed these guys still, but it's not like they. That's, true. That's true. yeah, but like I I know again like I wanna I wanna plug Ringer though too. Like we're we're this network of Ultimate um podcast. They had Aroy on their podcast. A week mm-hmm. or two ago, if you guys haven't listened to that, you guys should because t- Jay Jay, you're a big board game fan. He published his own board game. Like it's so I don't know. It's coming out I think this spring or summer. Like we gotta buy it, obviously. <laughs> but, obviously, um, we'll
2: play the podcast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Aroy, if you're listening, man, come on the podcast. Come play your game with us. Yeah, why don't we plug that? Like just because you're not
0: windshield players anymore, Roy Jurek, like let's let's go. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, <laughs> no but the the point i'm trying to make was that they did a, a section and like honestly I, I don't even know if i'm talking about the right podcast but like they they broke down some film um with aroy and like he kind of like analyzed like oh yeah this play affected this throw and all that all that stuff but he mentioned that there was a play with Jurek, um like kind of smack talking ben Yacht. Yep. um and he was like you can't effing guard me and stuff I like, think he was kind of getting maybe like a little aggressive but like in a competitive way and yeah. like the thing is like yeah Ben yacht is six foot nine like he's six nine but <laughs> um and and Jerick is you know five two but not um <laughs> significantly shorter than this tall player Ben yacht but he could still he can still beat him in a head-to- head you know in a 50 50 like there is that chance still, and so I and there's like that there's a personal rivalry. I think they mentioned that they were teammates. I guess I don't I don't know like their backstories.
1: Yeah, like they've been together for a while,
0: um. So that's gonna be super fun to watch. Any like, I'm I might start having to might have to start watching the breeze this year and just see how they how they play because that's gonna be huge.
1: I'll make a fan out of you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um. So I do want to point out, jerk is six foot, so he's just looking up, just looking up real quick. I was making a joke, okay. (laughs) I know, I know. He's still he's still tall, but that's just that's how tall Ben Yacht is that he he makes someone who's as tall as me and taller than both of you look like itty bitty. Yeah. Ben Yacht's not six nine,
0: is he? I just I just Oh I have no clue. Nice.
1: we're gonna say he is. And Ben Yacht, if you're listening, come on the podcast, tell everyone how tall you are. We can have a whole discussion about your height.
0: Or just come on for like two seconds, tell us your height, and you know, instead of us (laughs) looking it up right now. Yeah. 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 Our whole podcast yeah, yeah. is just us plugging players to come on. But
1: if you guys say something, I shout them out. We keep going. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: the other two aspects though, so going into other stuff, is that we have Giannis leaving Chicago and Trywise joining the radicals as an offensive coordinator. So, mm-hmm. like those are two relatively big moves. I think I think the radicals is like a is a smaller move, but it's still Significant. Like this season is going to be just so interesting to see how it plays out. I don't know if, I don't know if the radicals have a losing season this year, but I don't think Chicago goes undefeated this year. Well, like, they didn't last year, but like, you know, I I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, how is that going to play out? Well, I, I think the
1: central division is going to be really tight this year. I think that. If you look at Indy, Indy's the team that I always am yeah. so into by, because yeah. if you look at their scores against us last year, yeah, they put up some good numbers against the windchill, And if you look at their games against Chicago, like we we watched that one yeah. where they lost at like one point, they were going blow for blow. They had a lead on Chicago for a good amount of time, and so I'm always I'm always looking at Indy as that kind of team where I'm like I don't really trust them. I don't They're like the dark them. horse. They really are, and. I, I like it, but at the same time, I don't because I'm just like, oh, I can't, everyone else in the Central Division sucks, so we're the best. But I think that it's going to be a really close, really tight division this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at what the Radicals are doing, I've, I follow them on social media, and so they're in this phase of not necessarily rebuilding their team, but like with getting shreye as the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. they're kind of restructuring how they're going to tackle their season. And so I think the Radicals, we can expect a lot more from this year, Chicago, I think we're gonna expect about the same amount. Maybe maybe a little bit less, but let's be honest. They're a pretty stacked team time.
2: Um, I personally I again I disagree with Kane. I disagree with Kane on a lot of things, apparently. Um, I and Jeff a little bit too, I think Giannis was not the foundation necessarily of the union, but he was, you know, he was a really big part of the union. Um Just looking at his 2022 stats, his throwing yards, I mean he had he had four thousand seven hundred throwing yards and he still he still received for over two thousand.
1: Right. Yeah. This
2: is he was a double-edged sword cutting through every team in the in central. I mean, I'm not saying that Chicago's gonna do significantly worse, but I'm just saying that looking at Chicago, I do think you know the Alley Cats are gonna Beat them. I think the tri- Minnesota has a good chance of beating Chicago. I think Chicago might even drop down to third in the league this year. Man, I I hear you. That is a controversial statement.
1: All right. I
0: like that hot take.
1: Okay. Um, I, I don't know.
0: So. A- yeah, I I, so. I don't agree with it, but I hope that's true. Um, here's here's the thing, and this is like a it's a two parter. It's like he and and this is me restating stuff from other people. So I'm not I'm not taking credit for this. I think probably Daniel Cohen and Ruffner had probably said it first, but like he had built a foundation in Chicago. Like apparently like their practices became like very disciplined and very structured. He was like a captain. He led them and like helped them define their offensive strategy and, and led them both like as a leader and with a disc, Like he led them to these victories. So yes, on, on the one hand, like I could see this foundation or like this significant piece of the Jenga stack, Crumbling the rest of the Jenga stack, but I think he also could have very easily left other pieces to to equip, you know, Ross Barker and Sam Kaminsky to have them just carry on his legacy. Like, like yes, you're losing all these stats, but I think he's leaving other important stuff that they'll still have dedicated practices. They'll still have these pieces that they know now what to do going forward. So I think I. Yeah, I could see Minnesota being first in the division. I could see us finally beating them. I don't know if they would go down to third, but
1: again, I hope.
0: I hope I'm wrong about that. Right. I yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know if they're gonna be. Like I, I don't want to count them out just because they lost Giannis. Yeah. Like I mean, if you look at their defensive players, they had some amazing defense this year. Some that rivaled the windshield, even. And so I
0: just, yeah, yeah, they were, they were stacked. Um, and they still, they still mostly are stacked, but again, now it's, it's like with the empire, like you knew they were going to win. I, and similar to Chicago last year, but I don't think, I don't think Chicago is an automatic win for people anymore. I think the Indy alley cats, my prediction, alley cats are beating Chicago at least once I, I would take Minnesota to championship weekend. They win the division. Um, I don't know if Radicals would would be able to push past Chicago in a win, but I think they'd give them a run for their money. Like I think it'd be a lot closer game, you know, I think I'd give them credit there. So Yeah, it's going to be an interesting Central Division season and honestly even East Division and
1: for sure, yeah. With Houston I, I got high hopes for Houston. Mostly cuz I don't like their logo, so I'm hoping that their talent kind of compensates for that I don't
0: know you know it's it's a good thing that this is a Minnesota Windchill podcast and not like an AUDL or South <laughs> Division podcast like personally I didn't really care either way about the logo I think the color scheme was kind of ugly but the logo I think was fun. like I don't know I was pretty Got different
1: it. that's right okay yeah no Central Division is gonna be tight this year it's gonna be super fun to watch I'm excited to go all the games and kind of see how it plays out and one thing that I've always been like looking forward to is championship weekend, and just, just having the wind chill be there, right? And so this would be the year to do it. Having it in Minnesota, I think this would be the time to really just get that momentum, and and just push through because we we've been right there. There's definitely so, that motivation. Right, we 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 have to do it this year, and even if we're losing. You know, a few players who we can just say are key players. Mm-hmm. We have a good team still. We were like, oh yeah. We got the we have the ability to get a championship weekend for sure.
0: It's gonna be a good season. We hope you guys join us again. We'd love to have you follow us along for the season this year. We're pushing, publishing podcasts about weekly. We're publishing articles. Follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter. Uh, If you're someone who's on Facebook, we are also on Facebook, but, you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter uh, and visit us on Windchill Talk. Um, Again, we got some giveaways coming up. We've got some great um, podcast interviews coming up. Don't want to spoil anything, but we got some good ones coming. Um, Yeah, we hope you stick around for it.
1: Yeah, thank you all for listening.
0: And don't forget to stay chilly.